Roxo Media House. It's a special holiday edition of Frogs Today as we highlight some of the best moments of 2022. And now here's your host, the voice of the TCU Horned Frogs, Brian Estridge. Welcome into our Christmas edition of Frogs Today. I'm Brian Estridge. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us here for what we consider to be a best of edition. For the last nine months, you've been kind enough to let us into your home every week uh, with some of the latest and greatest when it comes to TCU athletics. And whether that's athletes, coaches, or news, we had it all right here. We heard from newsmakers. We heard from legends. We heard from Hall of Famers. We also heard from quarterbacks. And we start our day with some quarterback news. Max Duggan, the starter for the Horn Frogs this year, getting ready now for the Fiesta Bowl against Michigan on December 31 has decided that these next two games, and notice I said two, will be the last for the Horned Frogs with Max at the helm. He's going to declare for the NFL draft. Good for Max. How about this? Runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. Obviously won the Davey O'Brien and the Johnny Unitas Award. But more importantly, a terrific ambassador for TCU and for TCU football. We thank Max for all that he's done, and we look forward to watching him on the next stage after he takes care of business over the next couple of weeks. All right, that's one big news and noteworthy event from the week. The other one involves one of the members here of our Frogs Today crew. And we're honored to be able to show you some highlights from Bingo Marriott. You know Bingo. He's our basketball analyst. Well, Bingo walked across the stage last Saturday at age 40 representing TCU basketball. I just, I, I think I feel more complete you know, because it's always been in the back of my mind as far as like finishing up school, you know, but at the time you think like, man, I'm just playing basketball. And I think every basketball player sometimes just think that it'll never stop, you know? And so you think like, man, I could just play forever or just keep playing. And, you know, definitely I've been blessed not to have any injuries, you know, no injuries took me out the game like that. And so now I just feel like it's more open. Like this, this ball here with the academic ball, it, it'll never go flat. And like it'll never be taken away from me. So I just feel more like of a completion. And then I just, you know, want to network and then kind of just go that way and kind of just do life after basketball. Well, you know, he's been around us, uh, I don't know, about five years ago. I think he started coming around the, 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 the program and introduced himself, just got to know him. And he's working out with our guys in the offseason, the summers. We always included him whenever we could. And, you know, that's kind of was my goal of uh, getting back here was uh, getting that alumni event together and bringing kind of everybody together over the years. And, you know, certainly I didn't coach him, didn't know him, didn't play with him. But um, uh, it's just an opportunity, great personality. He was, you know, he's it's, it's always hard to come back, especially when there's new administration, there's new coaches. So it's, you know, it's a bit of a challenge. And so we just welcomed him and, and, uh, uh, and then he took care of the rest by just uh, doing things the right way and coming back and wanting to get his degree done. And so uh, uh, we're just proud of him. And it's a great story, I think, to go and play 20 years and overseas because uh, that's not easy to do. I mean, you got to be a good person, good guy, good teammate to last and play that long. And so I think that speaks volumes for him. I always tell him what God has for you, it is for you. And I, with his personality, I know he's going to do great things. Uh, Bingo loves people. And most people love Bingo. So I'm, I just can't wait to see whether it's here with TCU or some, somewhere else. 
I do believe my son will do great things. And I thank God every day of my life for keeping him and keeping him safe because he has been, when I say over the storms and over the seas, he's been. And uh, he always has come home safe. And I know it's nobody but God. Super proud of Bingo Mary. It's part of our family here at Frogs Today and frogstoday.com. All right, it's time to get into the best of. But first, this guy may be one of the best of all time. Uh, he has been elected now to the Golf Coaches Hall of Fame. Bill Monigle in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago. Can we show you a little excerpt from his speech? One of just a handful in that Hall of Fame representing TCU men's golf. Here's Coach Bill Monigle. I, uh, I, I love TCU. T TCU is great to me. Uh, my kids love TCU. We went to every football game, every basketball game, every event that they played in. I remember during the summer times, we would take them to every camp that was offered there. They had so many cool camps where the kids got to go to soccer camp and tennis camp and basketball camp and baseball camp and art camp. It was an incredible opportunity for me. and. Honestly, I never wanted to go anywhere else. I, I, I love the place. I felt like that it was just the perfect place to, to raise a family, and they were they were so good to me. As uh, time went on, I, I realized what an incredible town Fort Worth was, and what a great golf town it was. There was there's so much history in Fort Worth. You know, Ben Hogan was from Fort Worth. Byron Nelson was from Fort Worth. And as time went on, uh, Fort Worth just Grew on me and grew on me, and, and I, I really honestly never, never wanted to leave. Congratulations to Bill Monigle. There are more awards to come for him, you have to believe. All right, time to dive in some of our great memories from this past nine months here in these, the Flying Tea Club studios. We've got it broken down into four categories for you. We're going to hear from some legends, some newsmakers, some Hall of Famers, but we thought we would start with the 12 days of quarterbacks former Frog Signal callers who were here to join us every week. That, doing them 32 months was like the, the true test for me, right? Mm -hmm. um, being able to find God, Bible study, reading, actually understanding what I'm reading, right? Because a lot of time when I was young, my granny was dragging me to church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so right. All granny, of us. Yeah, yeah, right. So my yeah. granny was dragging me to church. <laughs> but now, like, me diving into my faith, actually knowing what it is. And, and, and at first, I didn't even know how to pray, brother. Like, yeah. for real, I really yeah. didn't. And you'll be surprised, a lot of people don't. Right. And, and, and they get nervous and don't know what to say and don't know how to. And I just tell people, look, just be you. Yeah. Right, just be you. And, and don't try to change for nobody because I'm not going to try to change for nobody. What I've learned is good enough. Yeah. And, and I've, I've repented. I've cried. I've prayed. I've, I've done just about everything up under the sun You've that done I could time. possibly. Right. I, I've done paid. I've done just about everything under the sun, and I'm really just ready to, 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 to move on and just prosper at this point. I'm gonna try to uplift you. I'm gonna try to build you up each and every day. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to get the best out of you. Whether it might be, it might not be the way you want it, right? 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 Because it, me being an athlete, sometimes my best getting out of you might be a little bit of trash talk. Sure. You, know? yeah, right. <laughs> so, you were good and, at that. Yeah, and so, yeah, I was. So <laughs> it, that, that's just where I am, but I, I just want to leave something on people with just, just a positive impact. Uh, Winder changed my life, mm -hmm. uh, not just the game of football, but to what he instilled in me and, and how to how to pop up when you've been knocked down, uh, how not to get too high, how to uh, uh, handle adversity. I mean, things that I take with me 20 years later with my children, right. with my wife, with my business, with everything that 
it learned from him his toughness. And, and kids these days, I don't think, you know, you know, I always often wonder, what are my kids going to go through? Because like I was just telling you earlier, off air is, is, you know, my son's playing football. And I right. cringe yes. watching him play, you know. Yeah. Now I know what my mom and dad went through watching me. Yeah. And, uh, but it's like, does he have to go through that to learn the life lessons that I do? <laughs> or can he learn it some other way, right, you know? Right. But there are some things that I, I take with me and I use every single day. And right. I miss that man so much. I yeah. wish I could have one more conversation with him. Did you walk into it thinking I'm battling for the starting job? Or did you walk into it thinking, hey, I just got to do my part to be the solid backup here? Um, I always walked in each year uh, with the idea that at, at any given moment, any given play, I, my number would be called. I'll be the starter um, at some point. So I always prep for each game. Going into training camp, <clears throat> Winder, a great, great coach, Winder, um, coached me as if, you know, he didn't treat me any different than anyone else. He coached me as if I was the guy that was going to go out there and win some games. So I was always prepared to go in and, and execute and do just that. When it's game time, we know Jeff Ballard's going to deliver. When did you realize you kind of had that mental makeup about you? Uh, you know, I thought I had it in high school. <clears throat> and then I came to, to college and, and Coach Winder at the time. Uh, I think he broke that. And then I regained that um, going into my junior year, just uh, taking, uh, uh, earning the backup role and just getting more confident and then uh, having, having Ty Gunn there as well. Uh, but yeah, I, Coach Winder did, I guess, a good job of breaking me down and then starting to build you back up. And then once I got out, uh, played against BYU, realized that, hey, I can play this game. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, guys, you know, took to that and accepted me as, as I guess, the leader. Um, and, and it was great. It was, uh, it was a great ride. Um, yeah, I, I've talked to several guys since then, and, and they thought when Ty went down, their season was over, their senior year was over, and just because I had zero experience. And uh, to come in and, and be able to you know provide that to those guys and 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 finish the year out strong was um, was 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 great. Ted Butkus was seeing a fortune teller through all this time, you know, and the fortune teller was telling him what he needed to do and what the team needed to do, and uh, you know, so we could keep winning games. Right. So Butkus came over to me during the week, and I I, I was uh, he said. Uh, no, he told, uh, really, he told Doug Buffon uh, to tell me, go tell Nick that uh, when uh, we go out to San Francisco, if we're, if we're behind in the first half, he's got to change shoes. So uh, Buffon came over to me and said, hey, bring two pairs of shoes, bring a bl your black pair and your white pair, because, uh, you know, you might have to change shoes. So, <laughs> so he told me, he said, hey, if, uh, if we're behind, you got to change shoes, uh, put on your white shoes. So I wore black the first, and so we were behind, and uh, so I did change my shoes, and uh, ended up that uh, in the third quarter I got sacked and fell, and a guy fell on my hand, and I broke a bone in my right hand. And right. We ended up losing the game. You didn't blame it on the shoes, though, did you? No. Okay. <laughs> should have probably. Yeah, you should blame it on the shoes. Yeah. Are you one of those guys like golfers who can go? hole by hole, stroke by stroke. Can you go play by play on that For one? sure. I can do that for sure. Like, really? I remember the locker room before the game, Coach Sullivan came up with a penny and told me to put it in my shoe. It was his lucky penny. Might have been, you know, just a story, but sure. it, it worked. And I remember my they had an easy pass for me the first play, and I threw it right in the ground, bounced to somebody, <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. But then once the nerves settled down a little bit, that was, you know, a great moment and for TCU in our class for sure. So I got to know this. 
Did you play with that penny in your shoe? I sure did. That didn't bo- that would have that would have bothered me. It, yeah, I didn't notice it. I guess the, all the other stuff going on, and yeah. I, I put it back in the next week, and we got beat pretty well, so I threw that penny away. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, first of all, I, cho- choosing to go to TCU is probably one of the best decisions ever made. You know, Fort Worth, uh, TCU, the school, the people, you know, the like-mindedness of the community. Um, that was great, but you know, when I look back on my time at TCU, the guys that I played with, you know, the Jimmy Olivers, the Brian Collins, the Andre Davises, the Barrett Robbins, you know, you name it, the Rick LeFavors, the you know, the Royal West. Royal West, yes. They just those those guys were just great people and I enjoyed it and and became great friends with a lot of folks and and uh, and then there's the football side of it where, you know, we would go out there and compete. Um, you know, you, you said Kansas, Texas Tech. You know, we had a win against Texas. Uh, just some great, great memories. You know, but what we had going for us was like Corey Rogers. Yep. He was a quarterback in high school. Yep. And then um, uh, there were some other receivers that they really, really knew the offense. Right. So right. it made it easy on them. Yeah. It did. Yeah. I mean, all I had to do was take the snap, put it in their hands. Yeah. And you also had a pretty good offensive line at the time, too. Absolutely. That was the key, man. Right. Uh, but, all right, so you go up there and you win. Mm-hmm. And and you and I have had this conversation multiple times, though. As high as that was, right? the next week was the hardest. The, the next worst. week was tough, wasn't it? That was the worst. That was the worst. Right, yeah. right. And I, I don't know why you had to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, but every time it seems like we get into that conversation sure. because I know I know how emotional you get about it and how it still pains you to this day. Right. You know, go to SMU and unfortunately, they, you know, you're coming off that game and, and you end up losing it. Do right. you play the what if game ever? Do you play the, man, if we'd have won that game? Uh, sure. So, well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's hard to look back on things like that. Right. You might as well look forward. Yeah. Move forward. Yeah. Enjoy the the positives. Right. And not um, weigh too much on the negative. And I was a receiver then, and I was only a receiver for one year, my senior year in high school. Right. So I didn't have a lot of experience playing quarterback. Yeah. But uh, it ended up working out. I'm glad uh, it happened. And uh, it was it was great. You know what you benefited from too is uh, you had two pretty good running backs, Basil Mitchell and Ladainian <laughs> Thompson. I mean that helps, doesn't it? Oh, that helps. <laughs> that helps. That helps. That takes a lot of pressure off of me to have two NFL caliber running backs. Yeah, and uh, they were great. I mean, that, and by the way, an offensive line that was pretty big too. Offensive line was really great. Too. Yeah. Yes, they were. They were top notch. So that experience at TCU propels you to life after football. Give me some sense of that preparation and and how. Your tenure here, you know, and I'm not talking about just necessarily in the football field, your academic experience, everything, kind of prepared you for a career now in banking that's been very successful. Yeah, it's, it's really prepared. You know, you, you, you look at the things that I endured here at TCU and having to go to class, you know, taking eight hours a semester, 12 hours a semester, then having to do foot, have football practice and things like that, and then going to do homework. And mm-hmm. so... It, teach you, it teaches you hard work, determination, uh, perseverance, being persistent at something when it doesn't work. Um, there's just so many life lessons that I've learned through, you know, having a great education at TCU, being a part of the football program that are still with me to this day. I remember when you got the call 
Well, we're taking on Vanderbilt. TCU yes. was. TCU was 2-0, and I think, at the time, ranked in the top 20. Okay. Ty Gunn gets hurt. Right. Okay, Brandon Hassel, this is your team. You remember that day when you found out? I, I remember it. I remember it specifically. I remember coming into practice, you know, thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to be out there running the show on Saturday. Uh, one thing that I think is very positive that, that we had at that time, Mike Schultz was the offensive coordinator and Dick Winder was our quarterback coach. Yeah. And Winder wasn't going to let you get away with not <laughs> practicing like you were the starting quarterback any week. So it wasn't a huge change. It yeah. was more mental than anything like, hey, I've, you know, it's, it's going to be me this week. So um, that was probably the biggest piece. But physically, knowing the game plan, there was there was nothing that, that, that was going to surprise me. Yeah, and, and you go out and you take on Vanderbilt in that game. It was a good, that was a good game, too. That was, that, that was a lot of fun. Start. Jay Cutler, you know, yes. looking back on that now, like, but yeah, yeah. It was a it was a good game. Hey, it was I'd a good be way Jay to start. Cutler, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take, you'll take that. You changed during your high school years, yet you reverted back to the old brand when it was all said and done. What what was going on at that time period in high school? Well, in high school, I was you know given a lot of attention uh, through the Chronicle, through everything. It got to my head. Um, I didn't really listen to anybody. I was just doing my own thing I wanted to you know be the superstar that I thought I could be and um, you know making decisions on my own um, and, and and I think that you know reaching out to your family for help is probably the best thing you can do at a young age because um, there's a lot of people that love you and they've been through things before that you might ne not necessarily have seen or, or heard or done and uh, they, they've got me back on the right track and it's a credit to my family and and just putting me in the right positions to succeed. The success that they've had, and especially with Sonny coming in, is uh, pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, it, it is It is fun to be a part of. You left TCU, you went to the CFL for a little while, had that experience up there. What was that like, man? Different. Yeah. Um, you got one extra guy on the field, <laughs> and even though people will say it's an advantage for you, you got another guy, well, well they got another defender as well right. that you got to account for. Uh, doing 11-man, some think that maybe it's a – Easy transition. Oh, just add one more in your brain. It's it's not as simple as that. It's a it's a tough scheme wise. So, did you ever get used to the guys in motion behind you coming right at you? No, that was one thing. <laughs> that was one of the toughest times was just timing it up. Yeah. Um, and you start to get it, but until you do it a lot and a lot, it's it's always one of the tougher parts of transitioning from American to Canadian. Did the ball have a different feel? It did. It was uh, it was actually a little, little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a little bigger, and it just it spun a little different. But it was at the end of the day still a ball you can throw around. I so. was gonna say, knowing you, you yeah. spin it a little <laughs> bit back then. It was fun to reminisce with those great signal callers here of years past for the Horn Frogs, as we look forward to watching one of the greats, Max Duggan, again on December 31. You know, it takes more than a quarterback though for a successful program, and it's more than just about football. We had some of the legends in TCU athletics history here over the last nine months, and we get to visit with them next when our best of edition of Frogs Today here on the holiday season continues after this time. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth, Bryant Urban Road on I-20 and Berry Street at TCU, both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today show and get 10% off anytime and order online at daveshotchicken.com. 
The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Welcome back into our best of edition of Frogs today as we reminisce over the last nine months here and get you ready for the holiday season. We've had some legendary figures come by here, the Flying Tea Club Studios. Not all, not all of them athletes, and of course not all of them football players. But early on, we had the GOAT, the greatest of all time in TCU football history. We start our conversation with legends with LaDainian Thomas. Um, so I don't know if you remember my sophomore year when Francione first came in mm -hmm. and it was open competition yep. and Basil and I was, oh, was battling out, yeah. right? So I ended up winning the job, right? but fullbacks weren't playing well yep. at the time. They had to make a move. And Francione called us in the office and he said, I need my two best running backs on the field. LT, you're big enough that you can play fullback, but I'll make a deal with you. You're going to still play running back. Single back situations, you will still be the back. Okay, fine. Yeah. So about three games in, it wasn't going like that. Right, you right. Know, you, you, know, you were just fullback yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Basil was, you know, having an outstanding year so far. Yeah. And and I went in to talk to Fran. And people probably don't know this. And I was, I was about to uh, transfer mm -hmm. at that point. Because I knew in my heart I wasn't a fullback. And I felt like... High school was repeating itself. Right. If you remember. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. I played fullback in high school, sophomore and junior year. Didn't get the opportunity until my senior year. And then now I'm at TCU in my sophomore year. I'm playing fullback right. again. And so I saw that in my mind as I can't do this again. I have to prove that I'm a running back. And when I went in and talked to Fran, I said, Fran, I, I mean, I, I've done what I can to help this team. I said, but I'm not I'm not a fullback coach. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm going to transfer. He said, no, we're moving you back to running back today. <laughs> we were just going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it worked out since. LaDainian Tomlinson with us. Well, let's start with TCU Athletics since we talk about TCU. To a city like Fort Worth, a thriving city, to have a university playing at a high level, what does that mean to Fort Worth and to the city? I think it's been a huge difference maker. If you think about the things that started to put Fort Worth on the map, um, we've always been kind of a sleepy city. Other things, Panther, Panther City was a real was a real deal for us. Mm -hmm. Most people across the country think we're 45th largest when we're 12th. Right. And when I think about the things that have really been um, the factors that put us on the map, I do think visitor tourism has been one of them, and then TCU athletics. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise, who would have known about this awesome city if you hadn't been here before and, and kind of got it in your system? And I think TCU has been a huge factor for that. Did the university's focus um, on attracting out-of-state students into Fort Worth, and now they want to stay and live and grow a family here. Um, and then what the athletic program has meant. So to your point, it absolutely has been a huge factor for it, our success. 1970, you're the 18th pick overall in the NFL Who'd draft. Who thought that? I mean, first round. Tell the story of how you found out you were drafted by the Colts. Well, Shula uh, flew me up there because mm -hmm. I had had some injuries, pulled muscle. You know, I ran track. So right. I, I wasn't very, I wasn't a good workout person. I didn't stretch. So I, I had injuries there. And so it got, Shula uh, got wind of my ability if I was playing that I could play. So I flew up there and he uh, was sitting with me. And I don't know if you remember Tom Maddy. Mm -hmm. He was running back at Baltimore, just passed away. 
My, my mother was faster than Tom Maddy. So not, not that against Tom Maddy because I loved him. Right. Uh, but Shula said, uh, we won't run you through a few tests. And I said, oh, fine. So he said, what do you run a, a 40 in? I said, well, I was about 220 pounds at the time. He said, I said, I, about, I, I consist of four, five, four, six. And he said, well, we don't need to run that test. He said, what do you bench? I said, well, my max has been about 300 pounds. And he said, we don't need to run that test. Let's just sit and talk. And I left that meeting, went back to uh, Fort Worth uh, in my apartment, and, and the draft came about. And I got a call. My, my wife-to-be was at my apartment. She, it was Shula. It was, no, it was, it was the uh, Carol Rosenblum. Okay, the, the, owner, the owner. Owner of the Colts. And I said, would they please, would Norm Bulosh please pick up this uh, red paging phone? Now, wait a minute. So you're not at home when the phone rings? No. I don't okay. picking my mother up at the airport. Okay, so you were, you were at Love Field. Uh-huh. Okay. And so I picked up the red paging phone, and I said, I said, this is Norm, and he, Norman, and he said, uh, Norman, this is Carol Rosenblum, the owner of the Colts. And I went, okay. We said, we just picked you, number one pick, 18th overall pick in the, in the draft. Now, I went, you got to be kidding me, because I didn't think I was going to go the first day. Right. And then my mother gets off the plane, and I, she knew the draft was going. I said, Mom, I got drafted number one, and she had tears started coming out of her. I bet, I bet. And the, the first guy that I stopped after I got off the phone, uh, I just stopped somebody. Just a random guy? I, so, yeah, he's walking down. I said, I just got drafted by the Baltimore Colts in the first round. And he walked on, I walked on, but I had to tell somebody right away. <laughs> Created another challenge for you, but I'm assuming one you're not running from. No, I'm, I'm embracing it, to be honest with you, because when I see challenges, I see opportunities. And I think there's a real opportunity for us to think about the Big, big 12 maybe a little sooner than we thought and, and what the future looks like and how do we create value. So we're exploring every and all options. And when I've said we're open for business, I mean that in every possible way, not just conference realignment, but just in how we go into the marketplace, how we want to grow our revenue, diversify it, be a little bit bold, innovative, creative. So uh, I'm, I'm excited that, you know, I had to jump in um, a little earlier than anticipated. Um, it's been a great learning experience and Bob has been a, an incredible resource. The industry has been great. The AD community has been wonderful. I, I said it earlier, just so welcoming, um, wanting to really partner with me and figure out what do we do in the best interest of our member institutions as well as our conference. And uh, I'm just excited to be a part of it. That tells you a little bit about the respect that uh, folks have for you. I, I got to ask, 1,734 points, I think it was, in your career. Fourth all-time on the scoring list right now at TCU. If if you played in Jamie Dixon's system, what would that number be? I'm going to tell you what. Uh, I would pass Darryl Browder uh, this year. I think if it was – it was my senior year. I would pass them up because the first thing is that we didn't have uh, three pointers, and the last two people that have passed me up both were three point shooters. Yep. So, yeah. So, so if they, if if I played in Jamie Dixon's uh, system right now, he would let me go. He would <laughs> let me loose, and I think I'd I'd be the number one scorer in TCU history. At any point when you first got in the league where you were in awe of anything or of anyone, where you thought to yourself, man, that's that's LeBron right yeah. over there. I mean, was there a point? Most definitely. I mean, my first preseason game, um, I was walking into Minnesota, um, you know, and we get right off the bus, 
you know, there's a little metal detector. You set your bags to the side, and I look up, and it's like a big NBA sign. Like, it's one of the only arenas in the league that has, like, most other leagues have, or teams have their logo or whatever, right. and it's just NBA painted right in front of you two weeks after I got drafted. So that was kind of my welcome to the NBA moment. Um, and then four games in the regular season, we played Braun. And, yeah. Um, you know, I was down here warming up like this, looking back like this. Every time I'm taking <laughs> Every time a shot, I'm that's looking LeBron, back. Yeah, exactly. He's on the same court as me. But, um, yeah, man, and now it's just, you know, I, I want to be one of those guys. Right. Um, you know, obviously LeBron James is a special special player, but, yeah. um, you know, I want to make a name for myself in this league and, and have young guys look up to me the same way I did him. Some legendary names and figures that have come through our studio here at the Flying Tea Club. All right, when we come back, we're going to focus in on the Hall of Fame class from this past year. Each one of those, well, each one of those inductees came here first before they walked across the stage and received that Hall of Fame ring and jacket. No, it was here at the Flying Tea Club Studios first, and we visit with them when we continue with Frogs Today after this time. Texas-based Happy Water offers the best-tasting, sugar-free kids' drink ever made. Happy Water comes in four delicious flavors that you can find at local retailers and on Amazon. Each pouch contains zero grams of sugar, zero calories, and zero percent juice. Head to happydrinks.com for more information and to purchase Happy Water. That's H-A-P-I drinks.com. Live happy. Be happy. Drink happy. For exclusive interviews and content on TCU Recruits, subscribe now at frogstoday.com. Any sport, anytime. It's your source for all things TCU. Only on frogstoday.com. Well, as we told you every year, the Hall of Fame celebration for the Block T Association at TCU, it's a big event. Well, we got access to those latest inductees before anyone else did. And you might have noticed something early on here in the show. When we highlighted the greatest quarterbacks of all time at TCU, there was one name not on that list. It was Andy Dalton. We saved the Red Rifle for here. One of the latest inductees into the Hall of Fame for the Block T Association leads us off. You go in, obviously, this year, and it culminates a great career at uh, TCU. When you look back on it, everyone points to the Rose Bowl, obviously. Was there another game, was there another time that stands out as one of your fond memories? Man, I, I get asked this all the time. What was your favorite game in college? Right, what was right. your favorite game that you ever played? Obviously, the Rose Bowl is number one. Hard to beat that one. But I can go back and, and think of several of them. You can go to the my junior year in 09 when we played at Clemson. That was, a, that was one that we went in there into Death Valley and – uh, you know, found a way to win that one at the end. And uh, so that was a cool one. Then the the Utah game that we played at home that year as well. I think that was just the atmosphere that, you know, that, that really kind of set the tone for kind of what, what we could be and what TCU football uh, was at, at that time. So, you know, when everybody rushed the field after the game, that was, that was a really cool moment. And so, I mean, I could go back and think of so many different, different games, but those are a couple that stand out right away. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, the four years that I was there ending in the Rose Bowl, but people don't realize that we won 11 games my true freshman year. I think we won it was 11 or 12 games the year before I got there too. So the standard was already kind of set when we got there. 
And so I think that that goes to show just the program, uh, you know, kind of where it was going and where it was trending when when I got on the campus in 2006, but also just kind of what the, the standard for the, the type of players and, and, and what we were able to do once we got there. I mean, talk about the impact that that had as well. And, 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 and as you think back on that, the memories of it. For sure. I, that was something that was cool that I kind of got to be on the uh, beginning stages and, and starting that, that ministry. I think that's one thing we looked at TCU. And at that time, there really wasn't uh, a ministry or a place where students could all go gather. And it basically was a worship service. We had music and then we uh, would ha- have a, a, a sermon. And so we thought, you know, this is something that I think TCU was craving. And if we could get something started, uh, then it, it could really take off. And I, I think our first night that we actually had it, it was on the night of the college uh, national championship game, the basketball right. game. And I think we ended up having 600 students there, wow. 600 people. It was like unbelievable just to see how God worked through that whole thing. And, you know, it continued to grow and grow. And so it was something that was cool that got to be on the ground floor of and, and, and kind of start that and uh, have the foundation with everything and, and got to meet some really good people through. We look back at kind of the crew that started it and like, I don't know how we all got together. God, God obviously ordained that, that group to, uh, to help start it. And I mean, it really took off. Yeah, it's been really cool. You know, I've been fortunate that I've been able to play a lot of football and, and been around for a while. You know, I was talking with somebody the other day. It's like, I'm now the old guy. I'm, you know, I'm the oldest guy on our team here in New Orleans. And so it happens quick. But, you know, I've just been fortunate to be on some really good teams and be a part of, uh, you know, some some really good organizations. And, you know, we're we're, we're still going. So we'll, we'll see how, how long we we keep this thing going. I say we, obviously. It's a it's more than just me. It includes, you know, my wife, JJ, and then our, our three kids. And so – we're still having fun, and I was like I was saying earlier, we just moved down here to New Orleans, so starting this next chapter in our journey. The continuity of the program has been unbelievable, and that's a that's a credit to TCU as a whole, the coaching staffs. Uh, they've just done a tremendous job of bringing the right guys in. Boston, Philly, Detroit, Marlins, Orioles, Arizona. You wanted a little bit of a tour. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what that was like, and, and and was that mentally challenging, not knowing where the next stop was or how long it oh, would be there? Ab- absolutely, it was yeah. uh, it was definitely mentally challenging. Uh, you know, never knowing what what the next day would bring. Um, you know, it's tough when you go at, at the end of every season, you're essentially a free agent again, yeah. and having to work work at it all over again and trying to develop new relationships and you know trying to trying to fight for a job with a new team every single year it's uh it's not easy to do and so it's definitely a grind but uh it was something that that i'll definitely cherish compare all of that compare to the being able to play as you said to be able to play in the in uh for boston and in fenway and all the great facilities that you were in compare all that to the college world series how, how does it compare i mean it it's a it's a coin toss because getting to play in the College World Series is unreal and and it's uh, just such a great atmosphere on the field off the field the whole city of Omaha takes you in and treats you right and I mean you're playing in front of twenty five thousand plus every night and 
I mean, words can't describe how great of a feeling that is. So, of all the big league ball that I played, I mean, the College World Series is right up there with it, if not topping it. The way that you played on the field, uh, the legacy that you left, give us some sense of what that brotherhood was like for you. Yeah, I mean, we get asked all the time, being the Rose Bowl winning team, what that was like and how great it was going undefeated. And honestly, I mean, you ask most of the guys, Going undefeated was awesome. Rose Bowl was awesome. But doing it with that group was the best thing ever. I mean, we just had such a solid group of guys that came in and worked hard and pushed each other and held each other accountable, which I think helped lead to our success for sure. Yeah, you think about the character of those men and and, and what they were like on the field. And now you look at all of you later in life, uh, in careers with families, um, it, it, it's amazing how that sort of paralleled the football, did it not? Uh, you you got a bunch of guys who've been ultra successful. Absolutely. I think the work ethic, I mean, that's just something you can't teach, right? You can have the best coaches teach, you know, teach the players to do it the right way, but to have the work ethic and the grind and the grit, I just try to bring that to post-football life, and I know a lot of the other guys do too. That was my my only goal was to be as good as possible for my team every single time I took the mound. And I know there were there were times where I think it was we were in uh, in Norman playing OU on a Tuesday. Um, and I was actually I actually came out of the pin, I believe, one time uh, we ended up losing the game, I think, in extra innings. One one of one of my favorite games in my career. We we lost that game, but just um, the way it transpired and how it brought us close together as a team after that loss was was truly amazing. And I, and I learned how to be not only a great player at TCU but a great teammate. And that's that's part of the evolution. That's part of the uh, the maturation process. And. I don't think it would have happened the way it did. And I don't think I would be the guy that I am if I weren't to go to TCU. Maybe the best Hall of Fame class to ever walk across the stage here at TCU for the Block T Association. Coming up on our best of edition of Frogs today, newsmakers. They weren't always TCU related, but they're some of the biggest names in sports. And they joined us here over the last nine months in the Flying T Club studios. And we hear from them next when Frogs Today continues after this timeout. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain. Refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water. And rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth, Bryant Urban Road on I-20 and Berry Street at TCU, both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today Show and get 10% off anytime and order online at daveshotchicken.com. Welcome back into our best of edition of Frogs today here on our holiday week. You know, we've talked a lot about TCU athletics over the last nine months here in the Flying T-Club studios, but we've ventured out time and time again with some of the biggest names in the world of sports. They came here to the Flying T-Club studios. You'll recognize them, but maybe none bigger, at least none more entertaining than the gentleman we start with here in our Newsmakers segment, one Barry Switzer. <laughs> 
but from your days playing at Arkansas to coaching both at Oklahoma and with the Cowboys, TCU and a little old sleepy Fort Worth changed a little bit over the years, hadn't it? Yeah, it is. I always enjoyed Fort Worth. It's kind of a, a jewel people don't know really anything about. Hey, I'm a guy that hit calls with Ben Hogan. Now, think about that. There you go. Hey, I, uh, I'm not much of a golfer, but this is back when I did have to play. But Chuck Fairbanks was the head coach in the early 70s. And uh, Eddie Childs was alive, Western Company, and he was an OU graduate. Yep. So we'd go to Shady Oaks, have lunch. And I happened to be with Chuck recruiting Fort Worth, and we'd go out in uh, Ben's little driving range he had by himself out there and listen to him hit balls and uh, get, he'd give a few coaching points. He said he, he couldn't help me, so he moved on to others. <laughs> you, you think about where the Big 12 is today, Coach, and you had a, a lot to do in the building of this league and, and where it stands. I'm not so sure there's a better conference in the country than the Big 12 right now, top to bottom. Well, I, I concur with you, and uh, not because I'm, you know, a Big 12 product. I spent 10 years in the in the Big 10. Right. Uh, but, you know, when you look at, I think we have uh, in the Big 12, I think there are five teams ranked, that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think five right. teams ranked in the top 25, uh, probably. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's not bad. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I think I include one of the teams that's added into the conference. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, and it's always been a, a quality, quality conference. I think there's been, you know, obviously the, there are a lot of great conferences. Uh, and, you know, if you're competing at, at that level, then you're competing against that, the Alabamas of the world, the Southeastern Conference, uh, the Big Ten, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all of them uh, have, have quality programs. But I think the uh, well, Big Eight, when it was, and now the Big Ten has, uh, uh, over the years, has probably been as productive with uh, highly recognizable teams as, as any other conference in the country. Well, here we are as of this taping, and you can see the Orioles right there. <laughs> there it is. Part of the work. It'll look like an F paper by the time we get through <laughs> uh, with our meeting, which I think this is airing on Friday, right? So, yep. so yeah, by the time uh, I will have already met with him, and, and now I'll have red marks. It'll look like one of my biology tests. <laughs> when I was in uh, high school. It won't look very pretty, but at least I'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the main thing. I've known Sonny a long time, and uh, he was, um, you know, being Spike Dykes' uh, son, you're walking in some very big shoes from the time you're, you know, uh, a kid uh, going into this business, and uh, he's he's had a uh, remarkable career with several stops, and uh, foundation building is his specialty. And, uh, you know, when he was over at Louisiana Tech in Ruston, I got to spend even more time with him. That's just about an hour's drive from uh, from my home here at, uh, in South Shreveport. But, um, you know, I did a lot of his games when he had Jerry Goff at Cal. Uh, I was spending time with him there when I was just breaking in at Fox. I did some of his games. And, and, and to see what he did at SMU, you know, and it's interesting because – one of those breakthrough wins that helped him get that TCU job was the game Spencer and I had, uh, the Iron Skillet game, yes. you know, when they beat TCU. That. And uh, I guess it was the Bouchelle kid yep. uh, that was quarterbacking that particular game and the, and the other kid that had uh, transferred over, 
that made such a difference in, in SMU at that time. I, I think that all of that probably played a role in his ultimately getting the job at TCU. You know, that's what made the whole trip to TCU so fun was the people more than anything else. Matter of fact, uh, Donna Dunleavy, who's on our ops group, you know, deals with the schools every week, uh, you know, getting the cameras set up and all, all the things that need to go into uh, a huge production like that. She said, the people here are just the best that we deal with. You know, you know a lot of places you go, it's no, we can't do that. Or no, you can't put a camera over there. We can't do that now. You know, the people at TCU, uh, they just got everything. They got everything done right. Give us some comparison when you watch TCU, how they stack up. Currently number eight in the country. Validate that for us. Well, I think it's legit. You know, I, I think there's talent on both sides of the ball. I think they're extremely well coached. I think this is a really good year in the Big 12. You know, there's really no weaknesses among the teams in the conference. So, you know, I think the resume that TCU has put together, you know, against that competition uh, really validates how good a football team they have. And obviously there'll be many more opportunities going forward, including this week with a, a really tough game that they have upcoming. But, you know, I do think it's one of the top football teams in the country. And I think, you know, they have a chance for a really special year if they can keep it going. I think it'll be difficult just not because they're not good enough, just because there are so many tough outs in the, uh, in the Big 12. You know, they're going to pretty much face a tough team every week. But, you know, if they could uh, keep doing what they're doing, uh, we might be talking about them when we start critiquing the college football playoff selection committee and what they are doing or not doing. You were the first NFL quarterback to take a snap with a dip of Copenhagen in your mouth. Do you think that's true? Well, I don't know. I mean, Sonny Jergensen and those guys might have done it. You know, Billy Kilmer, who knows about those cats. But, uh, you know, I always played with the – I either had Redman Red or Levi Garrett in. Um, and it's kind of embarrassing because in the Texas Tech Hall of Fame, my picture they got up in there is a picture of me with a chew in. I mean, you know, at least find one that doesn't have it, you know. But, uh, you know, back then uh, – David McWilliams, you know, he coached yeah. us and he knew, and they come to Texas. He went to, he left and went to Texas as a head coach. And he knew that I didn't wear a mouthpiece. I always chewed. And in a crucial situation in the game, he told the official that I didn't have my mouthpiece in. And back then you had to wear it or it cost you a timeout. So he knew I didn't have it in a crucial situation, hoping it would get me out of the game. But uh, I ran over there and stole Isaac Garnett's mouthpiece and then faked like I was using it. Did you enjoy the Chicago Bears shuffle? The, did you enjoy that? You know what? I really, really did. Did you? Uh, of course, I've been trying to burn every video that I could. Uh, anybody that tells me they have one, I want to burn it if I can. <laughs> but uh, the reason that I, I enjoyed it was because of what it really did for us. I think that we did the video simply because we were going to raise money for the low socioeconomic areas in Chicago. After we did the video, we also realized that it lit a fire under our tail. We did the video the day after we lost the only game we lost that year to Miami. So the very next day, we went into the studio and we made the Super Bowl shuffle tape. And it really brought us out of a funk and had us realize, do you know what we just did? We're going to be the look like the biggest idiots of all time if we don't go to the Super Bowl and win it. 
There you have it, folks. Some of the biggest names in sports who've come by our Flying Tea Club studios here over the last nine months. We hope you've enjoyed this best of edition. We had a lot of fun putting it together, reminiscing, going back in time. You can actually even see how we've gotten better, have we not, over the last nine months in the future? Wow. Well, let's find out what that's going to hold for us here as we continue to progress at Frogs today. We want to encourage you to like, subscribe, comment, share, do it all with all of your family and friends. Let them know this is the place for TCU and TCU athletics and all the updates that you need, the insight, the breakdowns. Uh, we've had a blast providing that for you here over the last nine months, and we look forward to doing the same in 2023. By the way, our programming schedule for next week, pretty intensive. We'll be live from the Fiesta Bowl starting on the day after Christmas. All right, so the 26th, our crew gets there. Uh, look for live coverage of the pep rally that will take place on that Friday, a pregame show leading into the game, plus all the insight from Sonny Dykes and his players leading into that matchup. You'll find it at frogstoday.com and here on our YouTube channel at Frogs Today. For our entire crew who helped put this together, we want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Thanks for joining us here on Frogs Today. Frogs Today is brought to you by the Flying Tea Club, supporting TCU student-athletes, and by Richard's Rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Frogs Today is a production of Roxo Media House. Roxo Media House.